0: Hi everyone. My name is Ben. I'm here today with Jan and this is the Oracle podcast, the Psych Tech, Quantified Self and Philosophy podcast uh, from the two of us. So this time it's going to be about a topic that a lot of people have asked us like in the last few weeks and months and years since Jan and me have been working together since more than five years from now in almost all our endeavors and projects. And the question that often arises is how do we deal with money? Like how do we deal with money when it comes to uh, like our common revenues? So uh, Jan, would you like to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, sure. So we quite early on were confronted with a very um, kind of tricky situation where, when the funds ran out on our first venture that we did together, and we started to look for consulting projects, consulting gigs to to keep us afloat, it became apparent that we won't be working on things that generate money at the same time, right? So maybe one of us would get a consulting gig, and the other one would continue working on our on our epic then that that didn't generate any money at the at the time. So so there was this this sort of abstract. Problem, this principal-agent problem in a way where where the incentives aren't really aligned. So we sat down and we figured that it would make a lot of sense to share income. And since that day, that's like four years ago now, right? Yeah, um, I think
0: we we started. I think we started in twenty seventeen. Yeah, end of end of twenty sixteen, beginning of twenty seventeen. I think it's when we after the first six months we both worked on the same project. And we didn't make any additional cash at that point of time. But I remember, I think it was as soon as one of us started to take on this extra gig uh, for a consulting project. It was like, hey, okay, if I start doing this and I make money, then uh, I'm kind of competing in terms of time with you. And then this is how this uh, this whole idea was born, I think, in the first place. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the idea was to keep our, our passion project, this app, going, you know, If both our incentives are to make money on the side while the other one does the the free project, then we would quite quickly end up in a situation where none of us is working on the passion project because everyone makes their own money. So ever since that day, we're sharing all income except presents and parent-related stuff, 100%. So every euro Ben makes, I get 50 cents and the other way around. And that has been incredibly powerful in uniting our incentives because when it's about helping each other out on projects, we have very aligned goals, we have very shared incentives. And so it's much easier to communicate on, okay, what is maximizing the value, money, or it could also be other things like progress on an app or whatever, on a podcast, you name it, how do we maximize that? And if we wouldn't have that alignment, then it will quite quickly turn into how, how do we maximize our own use? And the money a friend makes has a use, like in a normal friendship, but it's not as much as the money one makes oneself, right, if, if we're totally honest. And so this has been very helpful in doing that. And, yeah, I think it's an interesting thought to, to, to think about. So maybe this is something interesting for you to, to consider as well. I mean,
0: simply put, I would just argue that we try to align the incentives that we sit in the same boat instead of sitting in different boats, trying to go at the same direction. What I find really interesting is that working as an accelerator right now, I look at like dozens of startups all the time, and especially early stage startups. And what I see over and over again, especially like with startups that struggle financially, like to get their first investment or to generate their first income, that I think a lot of founder teams that I can observe is that the the team morale between the founders that often starts to crack when if the first co-founder starts looking for alternatives this is something i've like seen over and over again you know like if they are full of doubts and not sure if it continues and once, once the first founder, like, starts spending more time with, like, their girlfriend suddenly, or starts spending time on uh, investing in their applications for, like, companies, you know, like, I think that's that's when the morale, like, really goes down for everyone else. Because for most team setups, they all fight, like, not just for team setups and, and startups, but to be honest, by now I look at this at, at life of most people in general, most of them are, like, lone fighters. Yeah, and it makes it especially tough, I think, in in situations where you have to hustle because you're on your own,
1: right? Yeah, because then the tough situation exposes the underlying truth that you're not in the same boat, and then things turn kind of ugly because it's easy to feel good when things are going well, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once the first person uh, leaves the ship, (laughs) everything
1: goes (laughs) It's like, oh, we're not in the same boat. Shit, now I need to start doing something as well. (laughs) And it's, what I find interesting is that this thought of income sharing between friends sounds so rare and weird or whatever, but actually a lot of people are doing this. So um, since you mentioned this, like sitting in the same boat thing, if, if we look at marriages, there are tons of marriages where a hundred percent income sharing is, is a given is like quite self-evident. So it's not really that new a thought, right? Yes, definitely. I mean,
0: traditionally it's, it's, it's taken for granted. Although there might be some changes today, I'm not sure, by the way, uh, uh, to be honest, if all the relationships, like, how many relationships do you think today still have a common bank account once they're married? Do you think, like, I mean, uh, probably... It's definitely case. going down, yeah. Yeah, It's
1: yeah. interesting. Also, because it's getting easier to do, get a bank account, and, like, I think more and more people realize that divorce rates mm. are pretty high, right? So, <laughs> let's not get unreasonable. That's true, yeah. I think one crucial question, though, is, like, under what
0: circumstances can you do that with your friends? What do you think?
1: I think if you were doing this, you now use the the plural, like if you do this with multiple people, I'm pretty sure there is a, there's a limit to which you can do this. Because if you did this with society at large, then it's communism. And I'm certainly not a big fan of that. And I don't think that's working. So I think it's very important to have a small group and people with very aligned goals as well, so that you can keep the... The stress in terms of, okay, how much are you working? How much effort are you putting into the minimum? Like you need to have a lot of shit, like a lot of things in common, like earning potentials, goals, uh, willingness to put in hours and effort and so on. Mm, But I think it's definitely something more people should think about because to come back to the marriage thing, like it seems... Even more crazy to me to share money or to think about sharing money with someone basically because they're the sex partner in someone's life, right? And I think in terms of friendship, most people have friends on a fairly similar trajectory and goal mindset as well. So I think this would certainly make sense. But maybe groups of friends should think about doing this on a smaller level, right? Like you could have something like a 10% income share because even... You know, then it's still not um, 100% aligned, but maybe this would be enough alignment to bring about more cooperation. And I don't mean like cooperation on, a, on this shallow, like, oh, since I don't have anything else to do, I might as well just help you now level, but on a very profound, all right, I can make X amount now, but you're going to make Y amount now. And, and that's more important. That's what I'm going to help you. I'm going to sacrifice uh, the thing I'm going to do. So uh, back to this, when good times are good, it's easy, right? Like, uh, of course, doing something for, for a good friend when one has nothing to do is easy. But I think it's very interesting when, when it gets tough, when it gets hard. And when you're in a fast-paced environment, it usually gets tough and hard. So it's important to, to keep that in mind what happens under these extreme circumstances but don't you think it's then limited mostly to
0: to very niche situations like in our case like having the same goals in terms of what type of ideas you want to work on like there's a company perspective behind it and of course there's a very similar alignment in terms of how how much sacrifices we're willing to make right like there's not much uh, not too much of a disparity there yeah maybe one more thing like because in because you you talked about marriages i mean i would say the goal alignment in marriages where this originally comes from is having children right because then it's about resource sharing then it's about one person being able to work less than the other and i think in that setup in my opinion makes perfectly sense to to say because your goals like you have a commitment of goals for 18 years, right? <laughs> it's, quite a, it's quite a long time of <laughs> guaranteed least, yeah. commitment. So yeah, I think that makes sense. I, I just find it, I mean, there's also relationships which don't have children or at least for the next upcoming years don't have children and they they do, do share their bank account.
1: There, maybe it's a different yeah. discussion. Yeah. I think it is kind of limited to high-risk environments or, or it makes a lot more sense in high-risk environments because they're, like if you're in a circle of friends where everybody earns roughly the same then there isn't really much of a benefit there. But um, if you're in environments where people can go from from zero to a lot, because you know you're you're coding an app and there's no income and then suddenly it's viral, then I think it makes a lot of sense. So I think that's also why we do it, right? Because there is there is a lot of there are projects where we put time in, or one of us puts time in that don't pay off now, but they might pay off way more later on, and that's why there is um, that is perceived as very fair.
0: Why do you think this this will be in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years? Like how do you see like uh, some changes or trends uh, in, in the next decade in regards to income sharing?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, right? When people ask about this or when I, when I talk about this, then it's, it's at first weird, but then when I compare it to marriages it becomes quite okay. Yeah, this is a thing that's been going on for quite some time. Mm, and I think the this like strict concept of marriage from multiple angles becomes less and less important over the the generations in a way like you know people are having less kids maybe self-actualization matters more than than it has ever before also because we can self-actualize more than previous generations could so if there is a shift towards a more a heightened importance to you know towards friends then yeah, I would hope that this this happens as well. Just like living with friends is more of a thing, right? I think, I think our grandparents' generation, there wasn't really much living with friends going on because they quite quickly moved from the parents' house to their own kind of family house where with their partners. And, and I think that period is extending, right? Like now living in Berlin, there are people who live 20 years with friends. And if that extends even more, then it makes even more sense to think about bringing these very valid models, like aligning, helping aligning goals and cooperation through legal contracts, basically, like income sharing, um, that that has moved to or taken over to friends or friendships as well. I mean, thinking about it, I find it quite interesting that because we both come from a business
0: school that has a strong focus on entrepreneurship. And that even a highly specified uh, a niche like being founders together, right, like which is a high risk yeah. and fast paced environment, uh, there's not much uh, focus put on or, or talked, uh, none, there hasn't been talked much about how to optimize those incentives for co founders. Because as I said, yeah. I think especially in early stage environments, um, it's crucial that you have a long emotional runway or like high emotional resilience as a team towards like the challenges of the first uh, 12 to 24 months. So yeah. uh, considering that circumstance, I think it's, it's quite interesting that this concept <laughs> is uh, not very popular even among, among that subgroup of, of, of people yet.
1: Do you think that's going to change? I think it's almost like it's too uncomfortable to, um, to talk about this because you're going to go to brain uh, Talking and thinking about this very rationally brings... Emotional, like takes the romance out of some very emotional things. Like, you know, this notion of unconditionally helping a friend because they're asking for support then gets turned into looking at the world from this, some people would call cold perspective, but I just find it to both be true and and helpful of, okay, there is no true altruism. It's always people getting things out of doing things. And maybe that's just, feeling good about themselves or gaining a higher status for being cooperative and so maybe too many people are afraid to really think about this also because maybe the comparison to their loved ones um, comes up right if you you discuss income sharing with your co-founders then there isn't really room to do income sharing with your wife as well what do you think? Well, I think it's a luxury to be able to afford that kind of thinking. What I find
0: unromantic, uh, to be very frank, is if there's no b- money on my bank account at the end of the month. Right? So i work working <laughs> together with like three others, and I think, uh, <laughs> I think everyone. Ironic. Yeah, I think everyone should be. Yeah, but I think everyone should have exposure to you know uncomfortable situations in regards to money. Because yeah. then I think that kind of teaches us, or educates us, or sensitizes us for more objective, like clear thinking about money. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, especially in a business school environment, one would think that this is something uh, people talk about, right? I mean, I mentioned before, this whole principal agents theory is a thing we had to study a lot in, in, in like economics classes. And, but always from the perspective of, okay, let's say you're an employer and you have this employee and you're wondering how do you incentivize the employee to do what you want? But bringing this up to the much more personal level of like friends or co-founders, yeah, seems, seems kind of rare. It's a good point. Maybe we should we should write them an email. <laughs> Let's see. Maybe that changes the next 10, 20 years. I, oh, hope yeah, for, I, I hope for some improvement in that area. All right, cool.
0: Dan, was good talking to you about this, Jan. Thanks for your input. Definitely. To our listeners, thanks everyone for listening in or for tuning in. If you have some questions, some comments, some feedback about our idea or you want to share your own experiences, then uh, yeah, please feel free to reach out to us. And otherwise, I would say, see you for the next episode. All right,
1: bye.